Welcome to the College Football Bros. The podcast that's as gutsy as LSU's two-point conversion. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. <laughs> Ryan I'm Newman. Newman Mid-Sip. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm Trey Newman. Got All that right, coke. Ryan, you had that great intro, and then boom, yeah. I caught you mid it there. But yeah, man, we're, yeah, we're already kind of too far into the podcast to start over, so let's just yeah. let's power through here. That's <laughs> what we do. Uh, let's get started, as always, with our takeaways. And well, let me wait for Ryan to take a sip before I ask <clears> for his <throat> takeaway. No, you're good. This okay, is a snort. No. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you always got to wait for Ryan to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We were just going yeah, through yeah. the lines uh, just to make sure we're all on the same page, and Ryan thought we were talking about different lines, so yeah, that's it was right. just a little confusing there. But <laughs> well, I, got a, I got a few on my table here. You know, yeah. Which... yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, what was your first takeaway? Um, Tennessee and Georgia, the game of the week last week as far as heading into it. Game wasn't all that great. Um, Tennessee's offense finally kind of looked human. Uh, Georgia completely... Shut him down. Hennon Hooker only had 195 yards passing on 33 attempts. So that's kind of the main thing. Uh, just not a whole lot of yards per attempt there. He didn't have any touchdowns and he threw a pick. Um, but this game was over pretty fast. The, you know, beginning of the second quarter, Georgia went up 21 to three and just kind of coasted from there. It, this, it felt like last year's Georgia team where their defense was so good and an offense that they just had to be efficient, didn't need to take unnecessary risks. Um, so they just were, were solid. And then Stetson Bennett kind of game managed, but they had six sacks, eight tackles for loss. They held the Vols to 2.2 yards per carry. Defensive effort for the for Uga was potent. It was awesome. Yeah, that, that game was a lot worse than the score yeah. would indicate. Yeah, it was. All right, next one. The, uh, the game of the weekend, I guess, as it turned out, was Brian Kelly getting his signature win in Year one at LSU, so they beat Alabama 32-31, went for two in overtime to get the win. I liked the call. I was thinking when they scored, I, I was thinking I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they go for two and make it or miss it. I, I liked it. LSU's defense played great. They made things really hard for Bryce Young. Bryce Young did not yeah. have a, a great performance. And it's just crazy that they're, of course, now very likely to win the West and Alabama, of course, nuts. would need a, a minor miracle to to end up winning the West. Just did not expect that at all at the beginning of the season. And this is looking like one of the least impressive coaching jobs by Nick Saban in his tenure at Alabama. It's just before the year, we thought they were, it yeah, was, it was kind of them and Ohio State. We thought as as the clear number one teams. And obviously, that LSU fan on YouTube that gives us grief is. He's probably riding high right now. That's true. That's <laughs> black true. Black sheep or something like that. Let's, yeah, you know, black he, sheep. Yeah, he's he must be. He's got us, man. Oh, man, he does. He's got us this year. Wow. <laughs> so I told you, bros. <laughs> yeah. He told us the last two years, too. But, yeah, but every yes, year. Third yes. time's One a charm. Years it'll hit. <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, another thing about this game is that it was huge for all the other playoff contenders because it, it of course, very likely knocks Alabama out of the playoff and... So, yeah, that just opens the door. Like for Tennessee, uh, after after their yeah. loss, this was huge for them. Yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. This was also one of those weeks where you love college football because, like, I was furious, especially in the late afternoon and evening. Like, I was furiously changing the channel back and forth. There were so many games that were that were tight and exciting. Um, 
one of them was was Texas Kansas State. You know, so it turns out that the Longhorns can win on the road, and it might surprise people, but they're in the driver's seat to to make the Big Twelve title. Not necessarily the easiest path since they still have TCU, Kansas, and Baylor, but but obviously have a great shot. And they, they you know, in this game, they they tried to give the game away. That's kind of been their their mo lately. But they they had a thirty one to ten halftime lead. Adrian Martinez actually made plays with his arm, but but B. John Robinson just he's the difference. Uh, ran for over two hundred yards. Texas averaged almost seven yards per carry against a a good K State defense. So watch out for the horns. I like it. All right, uh, I'll take another highly anticipated, well, relatively highly anticipated game, but just a kind of a dud. Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame dominated Clemson yeah. thirty-five to fourteen. It was twenty-eight nothing early in the fourth quarter before Clemson kind of got a couple of later meaningless touchdowns. But that well, Clemson offense hit the over, so they were meaningful for some people. Ooh, well, true, fair, wow, tough scene, tough scene for underbetters. <laughs> Especially one with a ninety-six. 96 yard uh, pick six was uh, one of the last scores in the fourth quarter there too. So that's uh, not fun for for the over people or the under people. Um, but yeah, Clemson's offense woof, remains a, a huge problem. You know, I don't care how good Clemson's defense is. It's eventually going to break at some point and just it's hard to maintain that kind of level of play when your offense just doesn't do anything for you. Um, and Clemson's defense did do fine in this game, but it's just, you know they were they got run on a little bit by well, more than a little bit, but they just put on. There's just so much on their shoulders. It's hard to not do that when you're when your offense is just struggling. So um, I think it's time for Clemson to maybe start looking from the outside for a, maybe a new offensive yeah. coach, new offensive yeah. coordinator. Maybe don't just go within. Brandon Streeter's not necessarily working out. So hey, Jeff Scott was, fired at USF. He's available. Bring him back. Oh man. Oh man. Does that well, count as outside? Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So time to move on. All right. Well, I my next takeaway is that CJ Stroud had his chance to put a stranglehold on the Heisman and instead had by far his worst game of the season as Ohio State struggled to beat uh, Northwestern. I have the score as, uh, oh no, no, 21 to 7. Yes. I thought yeah. I, I put Northwestern's record in my notes and I was like, I don't think the score was 1 to 7. That doesn't look right. But <laughs> uh, 1 and 8. Now they're 1 and no. 8. Uh, Stroud, 10 for 26 for 76 yards, no touchdowns. That's 2.9 yards per pass attempt. It was very windy, of course, so the yeah. conditions were, were a huge factor there, but yeah. still not a great game. So with with, with Hooker struggling, uh, of course, against Tennessee, C.J. Stroud having a terrible game, that opens the door uh, a bit for guys like Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Blake Corum. Bryce Young's out now. Yeah, so. yeah, he, he is out. So there's it's definitely at least more more wide open than it was uh, this time a week ago. Um, I still would have Ohio State as as the second favorite to win it all right now, but the spread in that Michigan game is certainly yeah. getting closer and closer kind of as the season progresses, and I would think that's uh, in the single digits at this point. Yep. You guys, Tanner Mordecai just threw another touchdown. Oh, oh man. wow. Houston, <laughs> Houston SMU <laughs> 77 to 63 SMU won. Like Houston was supposed to have a pretty decent defense this year. Well, Tanner Mordecai threw for nine touchdowns, also ran for uh, one, so 10 total. And I kind of had a vested interest in this game, or we all did. Uh, we bet we had a bet on SMU. Um, and personally, I have Tanner Mordecai on my fantasy team. No big deal. 
But um, <laughs> but with, <laughs> I think you won. I think you won this week. But with the scoring going on constantly, like I never really felt safe with SMU. 140 combined points, most ever in regulation for an NCAA game. Believe it or not, believe it or not, Pitt beat Syracuse 76-61 back in 2016. I would not have guessed those two teams to be the the high scoring. Wow. Affair before that. But yeah. seven first half touchdowns was an NCAA record for Mordecai. 16 passing touchdowns between Mordecai and Toon was an NCAA record. Just records were shattered left and right. Wild game. That is pretty nuts. Wow. I remember it kind of the game, the scoring kind of stalled at the end a little bit relatively as to what they were doing in the first half, but not saying much. <laughs> All right. Next one. Final one. Um, I chose three blowouts, I guess, but. Oh, well, <laughs> Miami and Florida, boring games, Miami and Florida State. Whoa, this was rough to watch. Mario Cristobal is digging himself just a huge hole here uh, in year one. Seminoles beat him 45 to three. Jordan Travis only threw 12 passes quarterback for Florida State, but he had 202 yards and three touchdowns. So awfully good, uh, efficient numbers there. They ran for well over 200 yards and they were just doing whatever they wanted. And they knew Miami had no chance to beat them with their offense. Miami, as a team, they threw 19 passes for a grand total of 62 yards. That ain't that good. What, like, what happened? How are they so bad? I just I, don't get it. Yeah, it is. How can Tyler Van Dyke was lighting it up at the end of last year? I like, know. How can you be this bad? I know. Guys? It's like obviously losing Rambo and um, um, Mike Harley is. Uh, is big, but like they're no, there's there's no, and they've had some injuries this year, but nothing excuses how horrendous they've been. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah, make so, sense. Yeah, so you know, yeah, and so now they're sitting at four and five, and they're they're likely not going to make a bowl game. I mean, I don't get how you can be that bad. And they were picked to win their division. Uh, you know, his only saving grace, Cristobal's, is that they're seventh in the recruiting rankings for this upcoming class. But I mean, you got to be able to coach them up a little bit there, Chuck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not good uh my final takeaway takeaway here shout out to liberty for beating arkansas they were up 21 nothing at one point arkansas ended up coming storming back and they cut it to 21 19 with a minute left but missed the two-point conversion so liberty is now eight and one their only loss is at wake forest by one they had gone for two and missed it um some, they have, they've have had some close wins against bad teams so power rating wise they are very low but as far as their strength of record i think they deserve to be in the, the playoff rankings i'm surprised that they're not in that top 25 i guess the the committee also takes into account you know kind of uh more team strength and so that must have weighed right. them down but they'd be in my top 25 for sure yep he freezes coaching them up and he freezes oh. uh making his case to be Auburn's next head coach. It's rare that you see a, a coach really kind of stump for himself like that. It's kind of a weird quote from him. Hey, I wish Nebraska would go for him. Okay. Are we ready to? <laughs> well, we still that... got one more. Oh, one, one more. more take, Sorry. One more takeaway. And I got to, I got to give a shout out to Duke and Kansas power five doormats. We know they're only good on the hardwood, but both having incredible overachieving seasons both became bowl eligible this weekend, smashing their preseason win totals already. Duke's schedule, I mean, it's been softer than anticipated, but they're 6-3. and three. They beat Boston College Friday night. Their only losses are at Kansas by a touchdown, at Georgia Tech by three, and versus North Carolina by three. 
So amazing job by Mike Elko. Lance Leipold's Jayhawks, a little bit better, but but they're 6-3 and three now after just whipping number 18 Oklahoma State this past weekend. I know they didn't have Spencer Sanders, but was still about a pick em spread. So big props to the Blue Devils and Jayhawks. All right, I got a trivia question for you guys. All right. So those two teams we, made we, it. Let's, let's enter game. the trivia zone. We might as well oh, oh, okay. do it. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. Okay. Well, I saw this earlier, so I'm fairly certain I'm getting it right. But so how many teams? That <laughs> <laughs> was a good start. Great, great start. Great start. Yeah. <laughs> great start. Great start. Uh, so uh, how many teams, how many Power 5 teams since 2017 have not made a bowl game? Okay. You guys have are completely stepping on David's trivia zone that he I, prepared for us. When I when I did the Houston Uh-oh. SMU Uh-oh. one, I yeah. thought I might have touched on some. You you definitely Uh-oh. did. All right. I'm Uh-oh. gonna isn't it is it down to one? Yes. It's Nebraska, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's pathetic. <laughs> that yeah. is insane to me. That is right. That when because that was the trivia question that David provided to us is you know who David really is has just to, slamming us, huh? He I know he, he started USC I know. And it was very first one, too. Very first question. And it slammed into Nebraska. Oh, wow. But when I saw that answer, I had that one I did fact check because I was like, can that be right? That's Nebraska ridiculous. Nebraska has the longest bull drought. Yeah, because it was in Duke FBS? and Kansas with them, right? And then now. No, Power 5. Um, pa- power 5. Oh. Yeah. I don't know about FBS, but. No, that can't be right. Not It can't be. Yeah. It, probably not FBS. It can't be all FBS. There's no way. But it was, I, did, I did know Ryan's Power 5. I'm, when I fact checked it, I did only look at Power Five, but now I see in the outline it says FBS. So David, because D- David, I, we'll, we'll get to a correction from last week. Wow. David uh, took some shots at me, rightfully so. But I, if I would love to be able to take a shot at him right now, if he had, if he got this one wrong, did UNLV make a bowl game in the last five years? Couldn't tell you. I know, but boy, that seems hard to imagine them making a bowl game in the last five years. I mean, UMass and. New Mexico. Well, New Mexico yeah. State did. UConn. UConn. U- UNL. UNLV hasn't. All right. So we've seen it. We, we were. We've confirmed yeah. it. It's yeah. Power Five. Yes. Well, David, you're fired. You're absolutely <laughs> fired. <laughs> no, let me correct my mistake and then just make sure that he really did mistake this one. Uh, last week, Trey guessed, I think, Tommy Bowden for oh, former Auburn yeah. head coach. Easy, yep. you know, whatever, mix up. But I had the Terry. answer in front of me. And he didn't say Bobby. Didn't, yeah, did not correct it. Terry Bowden was the, the former Auburn head coach. And yep. yeah, David had that right in the outline. I am just an idiot. But now, we're, we're one to one, David. One to one. Oh, the, <laughs> Put FBS the instead of Power 5 here. Okay, let's... Mm. So anyway, that was one of his questions. The next question was that... Sorry, David. <laughs> yeah. Was Trey stepped <laughs> all over this one. It was the, the 140 points combined between SMU and Houston. Yeah, past the previous record of 137. And Trey, you already mentioned that was Pitt and Syracuse in 2016. So here are the highest scoring FBA, FBS games in the AP poll era. So what's, what's number one? LSU A&M. Exactly, 146 points in that game, and that was 74, 72. What seven overtimes? Whatever, whatever. I it think was. so. So that's a little misleading, but yeah, yeah, not regulation. Yeah, 
Then, of course, the SMU Houston is second, uh, but that was regulation, so that gets That's extra crazy, credit. <laughs> yeah. 2017, Western Michigan Buffalo scored 139 combined. Dang. Maction. Corey Davis. Must have gone off. Might have been. Might have been. Anyway, those are some of the top ones. Uh, let's see. Next question. Tanner Mordecai's seven first-half touchdown passes tied the FBS record for most touchdown passes in a half. The last FBS player to pass for seven touchdowns in the first half was which player? He gave more hint here, but before I do that, I'm just going to see. Connor Holiday. No. Damn. Oh, Gardner Minshew. No. Damn. Uh, uh, <laughs> just name Eddie Washington State quarterback. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this happened uh, in a playoff game. Oh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did it against OU. Remember that first oh, half? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that oh. was insane. I, thought, I can't remember believe the UCLA it. Wazoo game, like probably about four, four ish years ago, five oh, years yeah. ago. Well, well, UCLA came back. Here's a question, right? right? A, here's a question for oh. you. Mordecai threw nine total touchdown passes in the game setting an smu school record since the year 2000 which two quarterbacks have also thrown for nine touchdowns in a single game gardner Minshew. no you, you're right about the you did you say wazoo ucla game yeah you're right about the game what was it anthony gordon anthony gordon exactly yeah okay oh. followed up gardner <laughs> Minshew, put up even better stats but no one remembers his name yeah exactly right and then the other was in 2011 Houston versus Rice. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. There you go. Bravo. All right. Well, I'm liking our little budding feud with David here. I hope I was yeah. was not too rude. But <laughs> no, we're even. Been doing a great job providing us with trivia questions. All these are great. And every week, I think it adds a lot to the show. So thank you, David. Uh, but also, F you. Week 11 <laughs> <Yep>. picks. <laughs> we're going to start out with LSU minus three at arkansas what are we thinking ryan um i'm gonna roll with the hot team and that's uh lsu of course they won three in a row against some good teams they beat uh they went at florida by 10 they easily beat ole miss uh that was their first loss and only loss um and then of course bama this past week so they've clearly improved to me since the beginning of the year and their offense seems to have a little more kind of cohesion so I'm I'm a believer in them now. It's a few weeks in a row of just great play, which, you know, I, I thought Jaden Daniels from the, you know, since the offseason, I thought he was going to be the guy, but I just didn't expect him to play this this well. He's doing awesome. He's taking care of the ball. He's running it well. Uh, yeah, and, and they're pairing it with a good defense. Their defense is just playing a lot better than really anybody thought. So they're, they're I think they're just better than the Hogs right now. So I have to go with them. Yes, yeah, so this game, this game is, is weird. LSU. You got a team just knocked off Alabama. Arkansas just lost to Liberty. They're a disappointing five and four. It just seems too obvious to take LSU. It seems short. I'm taking the ugly dog, Arkansas. It's an early kick. Uh, last time LSU played early, they got trucked by Tennessee. Not not sure if that really means anything, but it, it does mean that they're not playing at home in prime time. Uh, the Razorbacks, they can run the rock, keep Jane Daniels off the field. I'll take a shot with the Hogs. All right, I uh, I got to go back to trivia for one second here, just to clarify. Nebraska is not eliminated from bowl eligibility this year, and that was noted in the in the notes. Oh yes, <laughs> but, uh, no, no, we are. They're we, playing, we are. taking down Michigan. <laughs> they're playing uh, yeah. David's Michigan this weekend, and uh, I have a yeah, feeling that might eliminated. get that seventh loss. So we'll see. Yeah, we're we're done. Uh, but anyway, 
I I'm gonna go with LSU. I just I don't know. I just think Arkansas's been unimpressive all year. Their best win might be at Auburn, and that is of course not saying much. I think Cincy, right? They got Cincy, didn't they? I guess, I guess it's home to Cincy. Yeah, no, it's I, not that better than yeah, at Auburn. Great, I, but... I don't know. But um I think, you know, even though LSU just had a huge win, they're motivated to to make a run to the playoff. They're better yeah, back in the playoff yeah. fund here. So I think they'll be uh, you know, do or die every week knowing that. All right, moving on to Purdue at Illinois. The Illini's favored six and a half. Got some Big Ten West implications here. If Illinois wins, they will have almost clinched the division. If Purdue wins, you've got a logjam of of three or four teams still with a shot. Uh, the Illini, they're coming in off a surprising loss as a, a big home favorite to Michigan State last week. And the offense actually played pretty well, but but just couldn't punch it in in the red zone. But I like this matchup for Illinois. They have the third best success rate defending the pass, which we know how pass-heavy Purdue is. And the secondary for the Illini, I think, is going to be the difference. Purdue has lost back-to-back against good defenses. They only put up three last week uh, at home to Iowa, got blown out. I think Chase Brown will turn out the yards, keep the Boilermakers and O'Connell off the field. I agree. All right. Uh, next game, we got Louisville. Uh, at Clemson. Clemson's only favorite seven. Uh, pretty crazy turnaround, I think, for Louisville um, this year. A month ago, they they lost to Boston College, and they they Oof. dropped that dropped them to t- to two and three at the time. And it was like, whoa, what's going on there with Satterfield and Louisville? They they you know they stink. Um, but now, hey, they've won four in a row, all of them by at least two touchdowns, including wins over Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. So some some decent wins. Um, so they're one of the hottest teams in, in the ACC and Clemson, they got to be doubting themselves right now. That offense just isn't working defense shoulders too much. Um, Notre Dame ran it on them pretty consistently. And I, I don't expect Clemson to, you know, win by more than a touchdown against a team like Louisville. That's just playing so well. And I, I expect a close, close, hard fought game, if not a Louisville win. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the, the Cardinal. Zzz. <laughs> there you go. Next up, we got Alabama <laughs> Stanford minus twelve at Ole Miss. Got any rat poison for uh, Kiffin here, Trey? Yeah, it is. Alabama is in an unfamiliar spot here. That it's the first time they've lost multiple games before the Iron Bowl since 2010. So over a decade. So how motivated are they? Uh, division title and playoff hopes are you know all but gone. But if Ole Miss wins this game, then it's down to them and LSU for the division. Um, I'm just having a tough time because, you know, Alabama, even though they haven't been all that impressive, they're still only four points away from being unbeaten and number one right now almost. Um, so I'm going to say Bama wins, but I'm going to take Ole Miss with the points. They're fresh off a bye, have a bit more to play for. Oxford will be lit. And, you know, Lane revels in a chance to beat Saban. But I think if you're looking for a key in the game, it's the run game on both sides. Ole Miss, they lead the SEC in rushing, Judkins and Evans, but you got a very good run D in Alabama. So if Ole Miss can have some success, they'll be in the game. If not, that that 12-point spread could be in jeopardy. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's the, it's the run game. I think that's what's going to keep Ole Miss in this one. Um, Quinshawn Judkins, has, they're running back for Ole Miss. Uh, he's been killing it this year. The last three games, he's averaged over 150 yards and has five touchdowns, but he's really done well like in every single game. There was only one game where he had like 11 carries, but he still had pretty good stats. It was just they won so easily. So in every game that's mattered, he's been he's been good. So I know Alabama's a very tough team, but Ole Miss is I like their ground game. I think they're gonna they're gonna be able to churn out some yards there. And 
you know, the three out of the last four games for Bama, they've been nail biters. Um, and of course they lost two. So I don't, I know Ole Miss hasn't been looking great, but Bama's human this year, man. I don't, I don't, I don't see it being a, a huge, huge kind of butt whooping here. So I'm going to take uh, Ole Miss as well. Yep. Three for three. I'm, I'm going to keep taking the points against Alabama on the road until they give me a good reason not to. And like you said, Trey, yeah. I think the key, Lane Kiffin coming off of a bye, going up against Alabama, you know he's going to try and pull out all the stops to get a win. I guess that's sort of the, a risk when you're you're taking plus 12 with Ole Miss is he's, you know, he's going to go for it on fourth He'll take down. every chance, yeah. He's not going to take the points. He's not yeah, going to He did punch. last year. Yeah, so that's that maximizes his win probability, but it also might make a blowout loss, you know, more likely than than yeah. otherwise. So not locking it up, but I, I do like Ole Miss. All right, moving on to UCF at Tulane. Tulane's given one and a half, and it's a big game in the AAC. Uh, the winner will be first place in the league, kind of will be the team to beat for the highest ranked group of five team to to get into the New Year's Six at that point. And this is Tulane's biggest home game in years, but I'm actually going to take the points with UCF, even though I love what Willie Fritz has done. Michael Pratt's been spinning it well. Ty J Spears on the ground. I've been impressed with UCF the last couple of weeks. They beat Cincinnati where Mikey Keene led a clutch winning drive and then had a good week, a uh, good win on the road last week against Memphis. Malzahn hasn't said if it's going to be Keene or Plumlee um, this week, but both are solid. RJ Harvey, though, has been a force on the ground the last couple of games and seemed to inject life in that offense for the Knights, and that's why I like them here. Okay. Well, eh, go Tulane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we know who Ryan's cheering for. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the green wave. Yeah, exactly. Come on. It's just business. Sucked for so long. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, we got Georgia is favored 16 at Mississippi State. I've been disappointed with Mississippi State the last few weeks. They only put up 17 against Kentucky. They got smoked 30-6 to by Bama um, and had to go to overtime this past game against um, Auburn. And Auburn had a quarterback who couldn't even throw. Really. <laughs> um, so there, I know they only have three losses right now. They're six and three, which, okay, not a bad record for Mississippi state, but I don't know. I just, they haven't been playing that well. They're not trending in the right direction to me. Georgia, on the other hand, they're, they're, they're looking like their national championship form of themselves. And I like Georgia big in this one. I think they're just going to absolutely destroy uh, Mississippi state. So I'm going to make Georgia my lock of the week. Okay. Moving on to Kansas state plus two and a half. At Baylor, a big game in the the Big 12 championship race. I think K-State is the slightly better team. I think they'll be able to run the ball successfully against Baylor, just like Oklahoma did last week. Oklahoma had a lot of success on the ground. And the passing game, like Trey mentioned, has kind of come alive for K-State, not only with Will Howard in, in there, but even Adrian Martinez has started to be a bit more efficient. So I think that uh, they'll pull off the minor upset here, and I'm going to make K-State my lock of the week. All right. We got Washington at Oregon. The Ducks are favored 13 and a half. Yeah. You know, Oregon is rolling. Uh, they've been dominating the Pac-12, but I'm going the other way. I'm taking Washington. Washington quarterback Michael Penix is putting up huge, huge numbers. Um, they average 370 passing yards per game. Just insane how quickly Kalen DeBoer has made that <laughs> offense legit. Like It was so, so, so bad last year. That's that's pretty incredible to to turn around that quick. They don't run it well, uh, but that's okay. Oregon's weakness on their defense, if they really have one, but is their pass defense. Uh, they give up 276 yards per game, and you know now some of that may be due to the fact that their 
been winning by a lot, and teams have to try to pass to catch up. But Michael Penix is capable of catching up. That's mm-hmm. why I think a backdoor would oh. not surprise me. Good old backdoor cover that Michael talks about all I, the time. I, I was about to call for a backdoor cover here, Ryan. Oh, like, oh, oh this I'm, is it. This is it. Prime game for this. It's yeah. a prime backdoor cover game. I'm with you. It really is. I, yeah. I mm. The tough part is I really like this Oregon team, so my first inclination was just to go with yeah. them. Uh, their offense is behind only Ohio State and USC in ESPN's efficiency metrics, so it's just crazy what Kenny Dillingham and uh, Bo Nix have done there. Like Dillingham is sure we've talked about this before but man he's really playing himself or coaching himself into a potential head coaching job because he could potentially be playing he's still young yes yeah he's like 29 or something but yeah this is uh because this is the first offense that it seems like that's like really his offense right like he's coached under gus coached under mike norvell but uh yeah i might not be accurate on that but feels to me yeah maybe yeah but I feel, I see where you're going with it though. You know, yeah. this is really truly this, his. But either really way, can't. like he's turned Bo Nix into a superstar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So uh, thought about going with them, but I, I just I like Washington to get the backdoor cover because Oregon's defense has been mediocre, and I I think DeBoer's offense and Penix can Penix can somewhat keep pace. And if if it's the end of the game and Oregon's up by three scores. They might be more likely to have backups in because they've got Utah next week. So I don't think they're going to try and you know keep running up the score. I think they'll they'll be just happy to to get away with this one with a win. Yep, we all agree here taking the points. I just think that Washington can score enough to to keep it under the thirteen and a half. All righty, next one, a big one in the Big Twelve. We have TCU at Texas, the undefeated team. TCU is a seven point dog. Vegas doesn't know what it's talking about. No, clearly. they're idiots. Come on now. Uh, Stupid. I'm going to stick with my horn. Massive frogs. upset here for Texas if they win. Oh, massive upset. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going with TCU. I think Texas will win. I think they're the better team. Every power rating would would tell you that. Obviously, the point spread tells you that. Um, and the the status of Quentin Johnston, of course, TCU's you know big receiver is is unknown, and he's so important to that offense. So yeah, I would pick Texas to win, but Texas has played a lot of teams closer than they should have and yeah. even when they've gotten up big they've always seemed to choke away the the lead and and you know lose or close to lose and tcu dobs it tcu you know they've been down or in dogfights and they always seem to come back so um with seven points and max duggan heisman contender and that offense i I'm, I'm taking them yeah this is one of those lines that is certainly going to be surprising to a lot of people kind of like last week that tennessee georgia spread um but I, I'm going to lay the points with the Longhorns. TCU, I'm one of their biggest fans for years, it seems. But they've been a little fortunate with some opposing quarterback injuries. They've had to come from behind often with slow first halves. I don't know if Texas can let them do that. Uh, B. John Robinson will be able to get chunk plays on this TCU defense. Um, and it, the last point, though, is it, it is kind of weird that Gary Patterson is going to be on the other sideline in burnt orange trying to knock yeah. off the the unbeaten Frogs. Yeah, Trey, you're right about all those things, but for whatever reason, I think Michael's right as well. And that, you know, Bijan Rob is going to have big runs and he's going to have big plays and, you know, all those sort of things are going for Texas's favor. But TCU is just going to come back and Texas will try to choke it away. I, I, I don't see how I can go with that. Texas is playing to the level of their competition so much this year. They'll hang with Bama and then next week they're just struggling and, and I guess a bad team. I don't, so Texas Tech. I'll go with. Yeah, Texas Tech. Lose to Texas Tech by 10 or something, right? So 
Yeah. Give oh. me TCU. Who lost to them by 10? Somebody lost to Texas Tech by wasn't it Texas? They uh, lost Texas to Texas Tech, Tech lost in overtime. But, yeah, it was it was overtime, yeah. But oh, okay. Who lost to Texas Tech by ten? Didn't somebody? T- well TCU beat them by ten, right? Or no? Oh, maybe. Yeah. There's somebody uh, I'm thinking of. Was it uh Well now I'm going to Texas ooh. Tech schedule? Yeah, go Texas Tech. Yeah, man. Did they who beat? was it? Oklahoma State beat Texas Tech by ten, forty one thirty one. Uh TCU beat Texas be. Tech by ten, thirty four twenty four. Okay. And all right, well, I was getting TCU's score mixed with Texas losing. That brain's all jumbled. Up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting late here, folks. Getting Too late. many Texas schools. <laughs> all right, moving on. We have North Carolina at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is favored four. This is also an interesting spread. I, I know North Carolina has lost some guys up front on defense, which has made a, a terrible defense terribler. But I think I think they're just as good as Wake, you know, and just based on Drake May and that offense alone. And it's not like Wake Forest has been playing great the last few weeks. They've had their struggles. And I just don't think either team's going to stop each other here. I think this one could go either way. I'll take a, a valuable four points. All right. And then I'm going to go finish this off with Florida State minus seven at Syracuse. I found this odd that it's actually Florida State's last ACC game already since they play Louisiana and Florida to close the season. Uh, But these two are trending in different directions. Florida State seemed to be finding its stride. Jordan Travis has led an offense with a lot of explosive plays lately. Trey Benson has been effective on the ground. And Syracuse has lost three in a row. Offense laid an egg against Pitt last week, only had three field goals. We don't know if Garrett Schrader will go. I mean, without him, the Knowles defense, like with Jared Verse, could just tee off. So I'm going to be a sucker for the good ball that the Knowles have played lately and take them as my lock of the week. Okay, that does it for our Week 11 preview. Let's finish this episode with a questionable finish. After a mediocre career at Auburn, Bo Nix is in the mix for the Heisman now at Oregon. What other players this year have elevated their game way more than you thought was possible? I'll stay in the same conference. Uh, I'll say Michael Penix. You, d- you just didn't know how he'd bounce back after some injuries, going to a new environment. But, you know, after his breakout season at Indiana, he really regressed uh, a little bit. But marrying up with Kalen DeBoer, Ryan, as you talked about earlier, leads the nation in passing yards. Really impressive by Penix. Okay, I'm going to go with a, a wide receiver. Charlie Jones for Purdue did not do very much at Buffalo and Iowa. Clearly, the Iowa offense held him back. And now as a sixth-year <laughs> senior, he's second in the nation in catches, sixth in receiving yards with 944. He's got nine touchdowns. Just came out of nowhere. And I remember in one of our preview episodes, I was questioning whether Jeff Brom can continue to poop out good receivers and... Apparently, he, he can. Yeah. Sharded this one out pretty good. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> what did you see the I'm game? I'm sure Charlie with? Jones. Charlie Jones is like, <laughs> I hope a family member listens to this. Like, oh, they mentioned yeah. Charlie Jones. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, he got sharded out. <laughs> I promise. So if anyone knows Charlie Jones, can you send him this clip? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Did you guys see the some of the clips from the Iowa team? Like, you know. One one of the Iowa's defensive players was gonna go help Charlie, like get up after he got tackled, and another Iowa defender was like, "Get your hand out of there!" Like walked away. Oh, they don't didn't like him. See that? Yeah, they don't. They don't like him. Traitor. Um, 
Okay, mine is um, Trey Palmer, wide receiver for Nebraska. As a couple weeks ago, he was leading the nation in receiving yards, which came out of nowhere, right? I mean, a Nebraska receiver leading the nation. Yeah. That was pretty nuts. Then uh, Nebraska starting quarterback Casey Palmer. Oh, Casey Palmer. Casey Thompson <laughs> went down. And the backups have been brutal the last couple weeks, so he didn't really get much much action. But he's still fit 15th in the nation with 819 yards, so he's really done a – he's the LSU transfer, and he's just had a great, great year. Who has been the most disappointing team of the 2022 season so far? Yeah, there's definitely some good options here, but I got to go with Miami. They're sitting at 4-5. and five. They were favored to win the Coastal Division of the ACC, and they are just terrible on both sides of the ball. Okay, I'm going to bring up a team that I don't believe we've brought up this episode yet. Texas A&M. They are now 3-6, and 1-5 in ACC play. And <laughs> SEC. Oh, no, 1-5 ACC play. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that would be that would be even worse. But yeah, yeah just a really, really bad year, obviously. And because this is year five for Jimbo Fisher. It's yeah, just yeah. stating the obvious yeah. here that, that this should not be happening. And the recruiting class for 2023, of course, they that just took a hit with Anthony Hill, the five-star decommitting. Mm-hmm. Now you got to just worry about transfers, right? I mean, we'll see what happens yeah. as they close out the season. But tough scene tough scene in college even station. if you didn't think they were like top 10 to 15 no one foresaw how bad this no one yeah would like be. i was thinking I, I if they went seven and five eight and four this year those that was not be surprising at all but this is yeah. surprising yeah i'm gonna go with byu they're sitting at five and five after the really solid year they had a year ago they returned so much but the wheels have fallen off they've lost they had lost four in a row they had some blowout, blowouts sprinkled there. Lost, got crushed to Liberty. Uh, Jaron Hall has actually played pretty well. I think, Ryan, you mentioned that. Yeah. But the running game, uh, not as good last year without Algier. Uh, the defense regressed. It's been ugly. All right. We got to get to our upset specials. Seven plus point underdog to win outright. Give me Navy to beat Notre Dame as a 15 and a half point underdog. All right. Go midshipmen. You just never know with Army and Navy. They've always got the chance with limiting possessions, especially when, you know, the team they're going up against, Notre Dame, it's not like they've got a great passing game. So could be uh, uh, a lot of running in this game. Notre Dame's had some clunkers this year, maybe coming off their biggest win of the season against Clemson. They deliver one of those clunkers. Yep. I'm going to go with Washington getting, what, 13, 13 at Oregon, um, 13 and a half. Bo Nix and the Ducks, they've been rolling, but now face an offense that can score with them. Maybe they get in a shootout and the Huskies could pull it out. I like it. Um, I'm going to take the home dog, Ole Miss. They're getting 12 against Alabama. Alabama's in uncharted waters, as we said. We're not sure what to do, man. Two games, now they're starting to doubt themselves. Ole Miss going for the kill. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We're going to have an episode up there with our revised playoff predictions, of course, with uh, our, our ones at the beginning of the season had some misses, believe it or not. Yeah. Couple, especially, couple. especially Ryan, I will say, had the worst. What? <laughs> I don't even remember, honestly. Ours, was, but ours I, were like, we all had the three teams in there and our four teams were just That's true. All of our fourth teams. Michael's is the best. <laughs> yeah, mine was the best. Mine was the best fourth but team. They but they still have no shot. Ah, that, mine doesn't have zero oh, okay. shot. Okay, mine, fair. Yeah, right, way right. better shot than us. <laughs> Your guys well. just have zero shot. But anyway, you can check out the episode to see those. Oh, by the way, because we um, 
you don't know. The listeners do not know, I think, you what don't our even playoff. Know. Yeah, they don't know what our playoff predictions were before the season because we recorded that YouTube episode. Oh, yeah. It was banked. We have the recording, but never released it. <laughs> just like, it's just for us, for our I eyes think, only. It was just for, I think I got <laughs> very busy at the time and we had so many episodes coming out and I wasn't able to get to editing that one before the season started. So, uh, you were having yeah. a baby. I yeah, had, yeah, me personally having a baby. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, is what it is but anyway mm. now you get now you get a chance to see what we we could actually change it now oh yeah no we all had tcu at number four <laughs> yeah. it was amazing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh anyway thanks for listening check that out and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.